truth hurts, the truth hurts So you about to feel pain, and I gotta do work God said I gotta do work, cause it's off with the name Savage Truth, Savage Truth It's the Savage Truth, the Savage Truth Welcome to the Savage Truth. I am your host, Roy Dockery, and welcome back to the Leadership Lab. We just talked about promotion at the at the top, at the precipice, in the middle. Now, let's talk about transition. So throughout the pandemic, from 2020 forward, we've been hearing a lot about what they call quiet quitting, right? The, the great resignation, but essentially people who are transitioning out of jobs that a lot of them had held on to, right? That they stayed in positions of leadership, um, individual contribution, but then all of a sudden people starting to walk away. So what I'm gonna talk about is when you transition, how you should transition well. And it doesn't always mean that you're leaving a healthy situation. You can be transitioning from a toxic work environment that's misogynistic or racist or sexist or whatever, right? I think sometimes people need to leave and sometimes they might need to throw a match behind them to burn the bridge to make sure that they don't go back because it is not a healthy place. So I'm not gonna make it sound like all transitions are healthy or all transitions are good, but all transitions can have an impact if you choose so, right? Like you can choose to have an impact or you can choose to just be another person who left grumpy or left happy. Um, and a lot of it goes back to some of the earlier points when we talked about truth and honesty. So to talk about one aspect of transition, which is you've been at a company, you've worked well, there's um, promotion opportunities and things outside of the organization um, that are that are that are attracting your attention. Um, one thing is, if that's happening, that means one, you're not being developed at your current organization, or two, you are being developed, but there are no opportunities available for you. So, right, that means you've been developed as a manager, but the director level roles are filled, and for you to become a director, you have to go elsewhere. You've been performing as a director, but the VP levels are filled, so you have to become a VP elsewhere. That is the normal progression. People should not feel... Um, should not feel upset, people should not feel guilty for pursuing career development when the company that they're at does not have opportunities that allow them to grow their career. And any boss or leader that you report to who is upset that you're finding an opportunity elsewhere that they do not have available is not a good boss, right? They might actually be a good friend who's putting friendship or putting um, their relationship with you and their desire to have you around above what you actually need as an individual to advance your career and to keep yourself challenged, right? Because as a leader, when you've mentored your people, when you've developed your people, you know, people commonly say, oh, I'm working myself out of a job. That should be a reality, right? And it should be a reality that you work yourself to the point to where you were maybe a director and now you get promoted to VP and your managers become directors. But that also happens at the top of the organization where you're a VP, like at my former company, I was the VP of service and I didn't want to be a, a, a CEO. I didn't want to be in the C-suite because we didn't have like a chief customer officer, which would have been the next thing I would have wanted to do, but we didn't have it, right? And so I have people who work for me who are extremely capable. So the best way for me to develop them is actually to vacate my seat so that they can fill it, right? So that my directors can become VPs and then I have to go somewhere else to actually create an opportunity for them to grow. So my transition is actually for their promotion. So 
good leaders should do that. Like if you notice that I'm standing in the way that, hey, the people underneath me, and we, I will always use this analogy. I don't want to be disrespectful. I know people actually get hit by buses, but just to you, I use the term, like if I get hit by a bus today, I expect my team to be able to, to, to be able to, to keep going without me. Because as a leader, that means I should have developed them enough for them to be able to individually or collectively come together and take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. They understand how I think. They understand my decision-making process. All I have to do is give them greater responsibility and they could take it up any day of the week. And I've seen it happen. It's been, it's been done, right? My former director is now a vice president and he's killing it. So like at the end of the day, like we have to understand that our job is to develop our people. And then sometimes the blockage to their development is us, right? Because we're developing them to do our job. And sometimes we have to vacate our job so that they can do it. So that's one thing from a transition perspective. When you realize that you have become the upper limit for your team, um, for your individuals, especially for people who are really passionate about what you do and who want to do it, sometimes you need to move, right? And so that's a good situation. It's a good situation as a leader to have so much impact in the development of your employees that you can step away and the company won't miss a beat, right? Like if you leave a company and the company falls apart, then you were probably a bad leader because you didn't prepare your people to make decisions. You didn't influence the way that they thought. You probably spent most of your time telling them what to do. Right. And I tell people all the time, I say it, you know, and it's a common phrase that people will hear from me as a leader. I don't want to tell people what to do. I want to influence how they think. And if I can influence how you think, then you don't need me every minute of every day. And at some point, you won't really need me at all because I've kind of given you my input. I've given you my insight. Right. I've given you my, my methodology, my philosophy in almost every situation that we've come across to where now there's nothing new. And I tell people all the time, even when I depart a, a company, even, you know, leaving my former company, most of my direct reports are still my mentees. And if you have a question where you, you want me to help you walk, th walk through it, think through it, doesn't matter if I work there or not. Like you're my, you're, 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 you're my mentee. You're my friend. And to go back to point number one, and I love you. So I want you to be successful. So absolutely, I will help you. So when we look at transition, we have to look at those type of transitions as a possibility. Right. So as a leader, am I the upper limit for my team? And if I can't create lateral spaces for them to move up into, there are other departments where I can see them be promoted. It's not a matter of me becoming a senior VP so they can become a VP because maybe that time won't be there. It's not me becoming the CEO so they can become a, they can become a vice president. Sometimes they need to become vice presidents and I need to leave. Right. Sometimes they need to become directors. And you need to become a director somewhere else because the organization doesn't provide enough path for upward mobility. And if you're not ready to leave, then give your employees a referral to go work elsewhere, right? So we have to do that. And that's kind of the positive point of transition, right? And so, and that, that applies anywhere, right? If you're at a company and like your upward mobility is limited because of the size of the organization, because um, of, the, of the, the leadership, right? You just don't have people who have been in their position long who are retiring or leaving or transitioning. Then sometimes you have to transition so you can develop so that you don't become limited, right? Like it's not about loyalty to a company. It's not about loyalty um, to an organization. It's about loyalty to your calling. And I can't stop growing in my calling because my company's not growing. I can't stop progressing in my calling because my boss hasn't retired yet. Like I have to keep pursuing my calling. And if 
I feel like I'm not being challenged. That means I'm not actually meeting the purpose of my design in life. So it's not a small thing, right? It's a significant thing to feel like I am not contributing the full measure of my calling. That means I'm not meeting <laughs> the expectations of my design, right? Like I was manufactured to do a certain thing. That's what I was called to do. Then I want to make sure I'm doing it to the best of my ability. And sometimes you've got to go different places to do that. Most of us have stayed somewhere too long. Some of us have left places too early. But from a transition perspective, it should be, am I fully able to make an impact in my calling here? And if I'm not, you know, is moving up the, the proper um, transition, is moving laterally the proper transition, or is moving out the proper transition? So that kind of covers the good scenarios. The bad scenarios. When your boss is a jerk, when he or she steals your ideas, doesn't give you credit, when they're disrespectful, condescending, conniving, backstabbing, um, manipulative, right, lacking of emotional intelligence, immature, like... All of the words that we can throw out there. And that's, you know, just thinking about, you know, just a few people that I know, right? You have to realize that one thing that frustrates me is people who complain, who leave a toxic environment, but then you have a happy exit interview. If you're going to transition, if you're going to be bold enough to step out of a company, if you're going to be bold enough to leave a toxic environment, if you love the people that you worked with, to go back to the first lesson, if you loved your employees that were that were that were reporting to you as a leader, if you love those people, be honest about why you are leaving. What most people don't realize is that as leaders, we hear anecdotal stories. They're like folk tales, right? They don't come in writing, they don't come with any specifics, but we hear that this person is a Cretan. We hear that she is manipulative. Like we hear things about different leaders, but no one ever brings it to the table to give us the, the codified information, the confirming story that allows us to take action, right? Some of you normally sit around and be like, oh my God, like this person is so horrible. This VP is so rude and so manipulative and so political, but like they're still here. Like they must have dirt on somebody. I know because I've said those words before. But the reality is, is what we don't have as leaders, what the HR department and the people team doesn't don't have is an actual witness. <laughs> they hear anecdotal stories that somebody told me that somebody said to this person and they can't we can't use hearsay. Lawyers don't try to use hearsay in court. But the people who are the direct recipients of the abuse, the people who are the direct recipients of the manipulation and the condescension, when they quit, they, they get an exit interview. And people ask, like, well, why are you leaving? Is there any issues with your boss? And then people choose to lie. And that's what you're doing. People choose to lie. It's not omitting the truth. It's not being professional. You are lying if you don't honestly answer a question. And then what you do is when you sit in that meeting and you lie during your exit interview and say, no, nah, my boss was fine. I've just, it's another opportunity and it's better for me. Now, when you leave, your coworkers think, that you read them the riot act, that you told them everything that you said to your coworkers, that your boss was disrespectful, that they were racist, that they were sexist, that they were misogynistic. And now you look crazy because you've got this energy, right? As the person who stayed behind, like, yeah, like now all I know is that when I report a problem, it's immediately gonna, gonna, gonna lead to some action because I know my friend who transitioned. I know the person who told me that they were gonna let it all out during their exit interview, that they didn't lie to me. 
But now you escalate something and human resources is like, this is the first time we've heard of it. And now you think human resources is lying. And they're not. Who lied was your friend who left during an exit interview but didn't want to burn any bridges because they thought that they don't want to come across as the snitch. They don't want to come across as the person disparaging someone in management because they think we're all friends and we're this like, you know, executive cabal that works together. Half of us don't like each other, right? <laughs> to be honest, in most companies because, and most of us don't work with each other, right? We run different functional departments. You know, everybody like, you know, maybe we do a once a year or once a quarter event. Most of us spend most of our time with our teams, not with other vice presidents, right? So that's what happens. And then it just it muddies the entire situation because then people have this expectation that human resources and leadership has been told these horrible things that people are doing, but it always comes via hearsay. And it is very hard and it is legally irresponsible to take significant action based on hearsay, especially when you're terminating people who are making six figures and above, who can clearly afford a lawyer, right? It is a bad idea um, for, the, for, the, for the human resources department and for the legal state of that company. So when you transition, please have an honest exit interview, right? It's not about burning bridges. It's about helping to tear down walls that have been protecting bad people on your way out. Just help. Just be honest. Just give an honest answer. Don't start making up stuff, right? Don't don't exaggerate. Don't add a bunch of hyperbole. Just give your honest opinion on why you are leaving. Say why you don't think you've been heard. Explain what you think you had shared about that boss before that would have gotten people's attention. That did not. People are not intentionally allowing you to live in a toxic environment because they don't care. More often than not, they're allowing you to exist in that environment because they don't know. And what you don't know is that bad boss is out there spreading all kind of political turmoil and putting sludge into the system to make it hard for people to move them out. So your one statement, your one, um, your one piece of honest feedback could be what breaks through and, de and deciphers all the encryption and allows people to take action to improve the health of the organization so that other people don't have to transition because of a bad boss, that that bad boss is the one who now has to transition. And so, and the other thing I'll talk about is because I know a lot of people, it's the pandemic, we're connected to folk. A lot of times you have to realize you're afraid to leave your job, not because of promotions or development. You're afraid to leave your job because of relationships, right? You're afraid to leave because you've got friends, right? You've got your work wife and your work husband. You've got colleagues that you have lunch with. You have people at your job that you spend more time with than people in your family that you spend more time with than people at your church and your social organizations or whatever, because work does become like another family. That's why my first principle is love, <laughs> right? Because work becomes a different community. But just like when you were really close to your next door neighbor and you all used to cut the grass on the same day, or you know, you did gardening or you did walk, you know, you went walking or jogging or your pets played together or your kids played together. Ever notice that when you move to a different community, you weren't really that close anymore, right? Like you don't now drive to that old neighborhood and go cut grass with your old neighbor or go take your kids to the old neighbor. A lot of times you wind up developing new friends and you wind up building a new community because one aspect of community that we lose in this digital age of social media is that community is proximity, right? 
Some of the relationships and the friends and the associates you have at work is because you see them every day. If you didn't see them every day, you wouldn't be thinking about them. Even now, if you think about it, you don't really think about them on the weekend because you have another community, another social circle on the weekend when you're not in the office that you have a closer proximity to that you wind up spending time with. So just be prepared when you're transitioning that it's going to change those relationships. And it's not because people didn't genuinely care. It's not because those people didn't genuinely like you. It's because proximity is what helps effectively congeal community. And so there will be other people that will be ingratiated in that community. And they still love you, but it's like now you're just a distant relative. And people will talk to you on Christmas, and you might get a message on your birthday, or people might forget entirely, because the only reason they knew it was your birthday, because everybody else in the office said it was your birthday, or because Facebook told them it was your birthday. And now that you don't share some of the same content, you're not popping up on their timeline and in their algorithm, so then they don't see you as much, and they don't know it's your birthday, right? So my thing is, don't be afraid to leave because of relationships. Real relationships will retain they will reduce in frequency. Yes, I may not see you as often, but at the end of the day, real friends are real friends. And wherever you go, you can build a community because community, like I said, proximity congeals community. When you're close to people, when you spend time with people, you'll, right, you remember at your last company, there were people that you swore you did not like that you wound up becoming friends with because just like in the wild, animals will start getting along if you lock them both in the same cage, right? And not saying that we're animals because we're human. Um, but the reality is, is when we spend more time in close proximity to people, we start to see more of their humanity and we start to find more things that we like than we dislike. We find more things that we're in agreement in, agreement in than we disagree in. And then that allows us to build relationships. Um, but those relationships will change if you leave jobs. So don't be afraid to leave a company because you're so connected and everyone is so close. Hey, if those people are still in your neighborhood, if those people are really your friends, they will still be there after you transition. And if they're not, you'll find new ones because when you're in a new space, when you're in a new state, when you're at a new company, as long as you try, as long as you're available, as long as you're honest, as long as you're loving, as long as you're authentic, all of the things that I've talked about thus far in the leadership lab, you will always be in a place where you can find community that accepts you in a community that will welcome you. So thank you for joining us talking about transition. If you leave, leave with honor. And during your exit interview, please, God, be honest because other people need you to break down those walls so that bad bosses stop being protected. So thank you for joining us. Um, on the Leadership Lab, we got a couple more episodes and lessons to go. Take some time, take a breath, bring it in, let it marinate, and we'll see you on the next one. God bless you. Peace out. Somebody, somebody pray for me, whether I seem like I'm well or I'm not.